Hello! Welcome back to the Long Distance Love Bombs podcast. My guest today is my pal Samantha Skelly. Sam is brilliant. And in this episode, we dive into two seemingly basic things, which are eating and breathing, both of which, though, have the power to radically transform your life. Sam is an expert in both, and she's very open and honest about her own personal experiences with eating disorders, with emotional suppression, and her journey, and how she found breathwork, how powerful it is. She even gives a little 60-second demonstration of a technique that can and will shift things for you if you commit to it. And I think you're going to really dig this episode. So without further ado, Samantha Skelly. This episode is brought to you by Cured Nutrition. Cured is the leader in CBD supplementation with an entire line of products designed to take your everyday life to its ultimate potential. Their daily staples are formulated with an in-house clinical herbalist which has taken the traditional CBD regimen to an entirely new level of optimization. If you're anything like me, you like waking up feeling good and living well, you've probably toyed around with the idea of finding healthy alternatives to jumpstart your morning. Personally, it's why I start my day with Cured Rise, which is their focus supplement. It's a powerhouse blend of functional mushrooms like lion's mane and cordyceps, broad spectrum CBD, and powerful adaptogens gives me clean, clear, and sustained energy without any of the caffeine jitters or crash that I get with coffee. After I get going, Aura is next. It's another blend of functional mushrooms, CBD, and adaptogens, but it's got a twist. We all know how important it is to sustain our immunity nowadays, and this covers all of my bases. The vitamin D, prebiotics, crucial antioxidants are delivered straight to the gut which is the foundation of our emotional and physical health, am I right? Second brain. It's where the majority of our serotonin production and immune function begin, or it keeps everything in check, performing at its best, so I have one less thing to worry about, and I obviously cannot forget Zen. I use it every night. It is certainly why it has become Cure's number one selling relaxation and sleep product, You know the long night spent tossing and turning? Yeah, not with this stuff. It has ingredients like reishi mushroom, ashwagandha, magnesium, passion flower, broad spectrum CBD. So thankfully, restlessness is something of the past. Cured Nutrition products are your answer for a daily dose of health. Visit curednutrition.com. That's C-U-R-E-D nutrition.com. Be sure to use the coupon code LOVEBOMBS, and at the checkout, you will save 10% off your order. I've clicked two buttons. Yay. That means that we are underway. Yay. Samantha Skelly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super pumped. Yeah, we're going to talk all about tomato addictions. Let's and... not. That's my sore spot, Jeremy. I told you, don't bring that up. That's the secret. So I have written down only uh, eight words in preparation for this talk. And I love it. Would you like, I can share them and then you can introduce yourself and then we can just dive in. I love it. Let's do it. Okay. So I have written down body stuff dash fighting it. Nice. And then I have breath stuff dash releasing it. <laughs> Did I just sum up your whole career? That's, uh, <laughs> and, and this is the end of the podcast at ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's basically Sam Skelly in eight words. There we go. <laughs> yeah. 
But so the, for those who are listening who are like, I don't know Sam Skelly, I've not followed her work before, I don't know what the heck her deal is. How do you, how do you start? How do you define yourself? Who are you? I've got so many deals. What deal do you <laughs> I got deals for days. Um, so, yeah, it's so interesting. I, when I was, when I was a, a young kid, I lived in Vancouver where you are right now. And in Vancouver, there was a show called Smallville. And so I worked on Smallville. And I was a dancer. So I was a child actress and I was a dancer and I was a stunt double when I was younger. So I had a very interesting, unique and diverse childhood. And although it was colorful and beautiful in many ways, it also presented itself with a lot of rejection. Um, Just being a child in entertainment is just a very challenging task. (laughs) Um, And you're, yeah, you're met with a lot of rejection. You're met with a lot of uncertainty. There's just a lot of human needs that are not met when you are, when you work in those industries as a young kid. And so I had a lot of body image stuff when I was younger. And I, I can remember being 12 years old and just hating my body at 12 years old. And I had no, it, like it was, that was crazy. It was just such a mind thing. And then when, when I was 18 years old, I stopped dancing and I stopped acting and I, I moved to Australia and I can remember being in Australia thinking to myself, I'm not exercising anymore. I'm not dancing anymore. I need to start dieting. And so that was the beginning of four years that I called my, my diet depression years where I was on over 50 diets in less than four years and just on and off the scale multiple times a day. All of my thoughts were consumed around body image and what I'm going to eat and what I'm not going to eat. And if I overate and if I underate, and it was just a lot. And so I struggled with body image and restriction and overeating and over-exercising. And I was a fitness competitor for so long. And I, I so badly wanted to get out of the struggle of it but I didn't, I didn't know how. I, I struggled with emotional eating, but then I tried to diet my way out of emotional eating and it was just a big mess. <clears throat> and so a lot of the tools and the techniques and, and things that people told me to do were very much like, you know, create a calorie counting thing and make sure you're structured and it just made everything worse. So this was about 10 years ago and I remember being in Vancouver, right down the street from where you are right now. And I was reading Elizabeth Gilbert's Eat, Pray, Love. And there was the, the, the section, the phase of the book where she goes to Bali and she finds this healer. And I was like, that's it. That's what I'm doing. So I grab, I put down the book, I grab my laptop and I Google one way tickets to Bali. It was like 700 bucks. I'm like, that's it. I'm in. So I called my mom. I was like, this is what's happening, mom. I'm going to Bali. I'm, I'm going to go find this healer. And, and that's how I'm going to fix this issue. Because I did all of the coaches and therapy. And literally, I hired everyone and their dog to try and help me and nothing worked. So I went to Bali, landed there, looked up in the Lonely Planet, like the little travel yeah. book or whatever. Right? And I found this dude. And I hopped on the back of a scooter and I went to his place. And I sat there and I'm like, where am I? Here I am in Bali by myself at someone's house. Like, this is crazy. (laughs) So this guy comes out and he starts like poking me with sticks. And like some some of the places he poked me didn't hurt at all. And then other places he poked me, it sounds a bit like sexual. (laughs) Not that stick, you guys. (laughs) Other places he poked me. I was like, oh, this hurts so much. And so I guess he sort of diagnosed me. And what he said at the time was, 
your brain's broken. You think too much. And his like beautifully broken English accent. I'm like, yeah, I could have told you that. I'm like, did I fly all the way here for you to tell me that my brain's broken? <laughs> Thanks, bro. So I hop back on the scooter and I go to the, it's called the yoga barn. Well, it still is called uh -huh. the yoga barn. Yeah. You, have you been there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go there and I, I'm like, okay, my brain's broken. I should probably like start meditating. Everyone was telling me that meditation was the thing. And meditation like is the thing if you don't have an ADD brain like mine. And at this time, we're at that point in my life 10 years ago, when I sat in meditation, it was literally painful for me because I was spending so much of my time trying to get out of my body and restrict my body and I hated my body. So to sit and feel was seriously a tall order. So I'm like, maybe meditation's different in Bali. Like this is the land of meditation. Like maybe it's different. I don't know. So I go back to the yoga barn and I try and go to this meditation class. And it turns out I was late for the meditation class. And the next class that was on the agenda was a breathwork class. And I looked at it and I was like, breathwork, surely that's just breathing. And the class was for three hours, Jeremy. I was like, well, surely this is crazy. So I'm like, whatever. I'm here, so I might as well just do it. So I said yes to the invitation. I walk up to this breathwork class and I open the door and everyone, I, I'm like late. So everyone's lying down already and they got pillows and blankets. Like it looked like an orgy. I'm like, what's, gonna, what's going on right now? And there's this guy dressed all in white. He looked like Jesus. I'm like, this is seriously strange, but I'm just going to go with it because I'm here. And he came up to me and he said, are you ready to go on the ride of your life? And I was like, okay, this is definitely an orgy. I'm like, this is weird. Um, and he said, he said to me, you were going to feel emo you, you were going to feel things in your body that you've never felt before. And this was at a time in my life again, where I, the only two things that I could really feel were anxiety and numbness, right? Whenever I felt a feeling or felt anxiety, I'm like, all right, let's suppress it with food or let's over-exercise for two hours in the gym and try and get rid of it. So my relationship to my emotionality was just non-existent. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, all right. So I lie down and I start breathing in the pattern that he, he instructs. And within three minutes, my body was just so full of energy and life and vitality. And then another three minutes after that, I was bawling my eyes out and I had no idea why. And then a few minutes after that, I'm like screaming at the top of my lungs. And I go through this entire journey of feeling literally every single emotion I could possibly feel as a human, waking up and, and saying to him, what was that? And how, does, how do we not know that our bodies have the ability to do this? Like, this is crazy to me. So I hopped back on my scooter and I drove back to my little homestay and I Googled everything I could about breathwork. And at the time there was barely anything because it wasn't, I mean, it still isn't mainstream. People are just sort of starting to understand what it is now. And so I, I just read everything I could about it. And breathwork was the thing that helped me end the battle with food because I could finally reconnect into my body and feel safe. I could tell the difference between an emotional hunger cue and a physical hunger cue. It just completely, literally changed my life. And so, yeah, the mission now is just to teach as many people as possible that they are their own drug and they are their own healer. And we have this incredible ability to shift the way that we live through shifting our breath. And it is the easiest thing. You know, I, I, I laugh sometimes because I have 
I have two, I have two companies, Hungry for Happiness and Pause Breathwork. Hungry for Happiness teaches people how to eat and Pause teaches people how to breathe. Like we've come so far away from our natural essence of, of what it takes to be happy that these companies need to exist. You know, my, my intention is, is that one day my companies don't even exist because we've under, we, we've learned that we are all, all that we need. And I know that sounds cliche, but we've just come so far away from it. So that's kind of like the, the short little story there. That was good. I'm just like, I really enjoyed that Ted talk. <laughs> gonna, do you want to do it again? Let me, let's practice. Let's practice yeah. Time. I mean, I, I would love to dig into all that, but it, it reminds me, I, I've like joked with clients before that my business mission statement is to put myself out of business. Like, oh, what I love we, that. Like, what if we didn't need life coaches? What if we didn't need people to teach us emotional intelligence or breath work or communication or about relationships? Like, we were all just, we all just learned it, you know? I wonder, I wonder what the world would be like. Like, I'm actually curious. Would, yeah. You know what I was what thinking about? What would it be about, like, actually? I was thinking about this yesterday. And, and like, we'll come back to your life, I promise, because I, I, I want to hear all about that. <laughs> I was thinking while we're on this tangent train that you've, you've started, mm. I was thinking yesterday about just the idea of charities. Mm. You know how like there's a billion charities, there's charities for poverty and the environment and, and health and all, all the things. And it's beautiful. And I've worked for charities and I love charities, but like, it's such an ingrained part of our civilization now. Like what, why do we need charity? Like why can't the government or society or culture just, sorted shit out to the point where we don't need mm. tens of billions of dollars in volunteers cleaning up after ourselves, you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's like the redistribution of wealth, like what that would do alone. Yeah. Okay. Hang on. I got to get this back on track. <laughs> You're like, okay, now we're going to turn the bus now around we're turn, and come back. I'm, I'm like learning on, this is like episode 90 something like, Oh, this is a slippery slope. I, uh, in previous podcasts, I would gladly ride this train wherever it goes, but you have a lot of knowledge and wisdom to share that I want to um, make sure people know. Mm. Okay, so you, you, maybe we can dive into my first point, which was body stuff. Yeah. Because, um, because I think that was sort of your pain point, so to speak. Mm. Mm-hmm. That was kind of like what led you to seek knowledge, seek alternative therapies, et cetera. And so you said that the kind of superficial solutions of dieting, counting calories, weren't treating the underlying root cause, which was the emotional stuff. Mm-hmm. And I know that you've worked with countless, um, is it just women that you work with or men Not well? anymore. So Hungry for Happiness, my first company is all women. Mm-hmm. Um, pause, we have male facilitators. We have tons of male clients. So okay. yeah, it's, we got the, we got the boys in. Yeah. Good. good. <laughs> I know. It's amazing. Yeah. It's so cool. So for, for someone listening, that's like, oh yeah, I really resonated with that, that Ted talk that you just gave. Um, I have a hard time feeling my emotions. I deal with anxiety and numbness as well, or I emotionally eat or I distract or avoid what's the, like the, the starting point or what's the, mm. like, what's the advice that you would give that person to begin that journey or to start um, a path of healing? I think the first thing is just let's change the way we think about it. For so long, I was 
thinking about how to feel better. And I was cognitively, cognitively trying to rationalize why I'm like this and how to get out of it. And I created systems and structures and that just kept me more in my mental pillar, which just perpetuated my addictions and restrictions and, and all of the things. And so that's essentially like a, a, a top down approach, right? A top bottom approach. Whereas the work that I do with my clients and the philosophy that I have is the, is the bottom up approach. So there's a reason why someone has an anxiety disorder. There's a reason why they have an eating disorder. There's a reason why they're chronically stressed out or they're uh, anxious or emotional eating or they're addicted to drugs or whatever it is. And it essentially comes down to this idea that when we are very young in our early stages of development, we did not get the nourishment, the medicine, and the support that we needed in order to truly be a fully functioning, integrated, sustainably healed human. And none of us are. All of us are traumatized. <laughs> like if you're human, you're traumatized. And I, it's interesting, trauma is like this buzzword. We're all traumatized to different severities and, and the situation to create the trauma is all different, of course, but we all carry this archaic trauma in our systems that cause a lot of these disorders. And so when we look back, if you were three years old and you didn't get what you needed, say for instance, you reached for your, your mom's love or your dad's love and they turned their back, in that moment, you could have created a structure that said, my needs don't matter or I don't matter, or my needs aren't valid. And so we live our entire lives being in denial of our needs, which then creates a lot of these anxiety disorders, depression, eating disorders, addictions, because we're constantly trying to outsource our needs. And so these pieces in our system are essentially frozen in time, right? We have like frozen three-year-olds inside of us and four-year-olds and all of these, all of these traumatic events that, that created this, this inability to truly like sip on the medicine of, of that of which we needed at that age. And so when we understand what are these parts in our body and what do they actually need and how can I begin to reparent myself to give myself what I need? So my whole philosophy is like we are our own healers. You know, there is co-nourishment, a co-nourishment structure as well, where our partners can fulfill some needs for us and not in a codependent way, but in a co-regulation, co, co co-nourishment way. But we are the, the mothers and the fathers to our inner children that we didn't get when we were younger. And so when we look at our behaviors and we try and just treat the behavior, we're missing the point. We got to treat what's actually going on. And so when I had my eating disorder... I was constantly searching for comfort. I just wanted to feel comfortable. My parents got a divorce when I was three. My dad, like he's in my life now and he's, he's, a, he's an amazing person. But at that time, my parents split up and we moved far away and I didn't have my dad. So I dealt with a lot of like abandonment stuff at a very young age, which resulted in me constantly searching for safety, constantly searching for comfort. And that came in the form of an eating disorder that came in the form of like extreme anxiety. And so when we try and put band-aids on bullet wounds and treat the behavior or what we think is the problem, we're actually not treat, treating what, what, is, what is true. And so when we go to the root, we can create sustainable transformation. So first things first, change the way we think about healing. Does that make sense? That was a lot. We'll take a pause. Let's take a deep breath. <sighs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, I love that because – it's probably not the answer that most people want to hear those. Mm. It's like, oh, you overeat. It's because your parents divorced back when you were three, mm -hmm. right? And so how do you distinguish between like blame or 
avoiding responsibility versus accepting it, addressing it and healing it. Mm. Is that clear? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, we got to go through our stages. So if you are in a place where all you want to do is blame, then do it. Like if, if that's where you're at, if you're like, mom, you suck, dad, burr. if that's where you're at, then that's where you're at. And so just allowing yourself to emote and process and be in that phase, knowing that that is temporary and we then get to move to the second phase of healing. So the second phase of healing after blaming, if that's where you're at, is, is taking emotional responsibility, taking personal accountability to go, okay, well, if I'm in, if I'm in the state of blame or the phase in blame, then, then I lose my power because we can't be, we can't have emotional responsibility and, and blaming tactics simultaneously. It just doesn't work. And so allowing yourself to be in all of the phases with a constant vision on healing. So if your, if your constant vision and intention is healing, then you can give yourself permission. You can permission yourself in all the phases and all the places that you want to be. Healing is complicated, messy, and, and just very confusing at times. And so there's times where I'm like, Go fuck yourself. It's your fault. And then I'm like, okay, Sam, no, it's probably not their fault. It's now I see it in this way, but I needed to go through that phase. Mm -hmm. And so just giving, allowing ourselves to have grace and to really know thyself. So know what phases you're in. There is times where I, I would blame a lot. And now I'm in a place where I'm like, oh, I, I actually don't feel the need to do that anymore because I know that that's not the, that's not the phase that gets the results. (laughs) It's actually the next phase of personal accountability. Mm Yeah, yeah I was, was going to say, uh, you kind of have to blame until you realize that it's pointless. Oh, totally. It's like, oh, you know, I've been blaming for a decade and uh, I feel the same as I did about 10 years ago. So maybe I'll read a book or listen to a podcast and try something different now. Absolutely. Yeah. This, that's my own experience of like rock bottom is, no, I, I want to actually see the landscape for myself. I'd rather not learn the easy way. I'd like exactly. to you know, do some excavation down there for a minute. That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And so then the next stage is accept. It sounds like acceptance and personal responsibility. Yeah. Just like acceptance of what is like, let me, let me accept what is, even if I don't like it, mm. you know? So, so we go through our initial like stage of like the discharge, like needing to like, Oh, it's, it's not me. It's you. It's like, Wah. and there's like this, this denial of it. And then, and then we get to a place of like, oh, maybe it's not them. Maybe it is me. Okay. Now I need to sit with that and accept it. And the acceptance doesn't mean we're going to like it. And the acceptance doesn't mean we're going to be stuck there. We're just accepting it. So I'll I'll Mm. give you an example. I don't subscribe to the body positivity movement because I don't believe that we can love and be positive about our bodies before we accept the fact that we hate them. And that for a lot of people is like, what do you, what do you mean? You're saying I should hate my body? I'm like, well, if that's what's true, truth creates traction and traction creates transformation. So if we don't have truth, we don't have transformation. We got, we got to be real about it. And so the stages of body love, the stages of body transformation, the first step is accept the fact that you hate your body. Mm. So then we can get to body neutrality, right? So going back to, to what we talked about before, just like acceptance of what is. Once we accept it, okay, I, I just accept the narrative of what is in front of me. And then the third stage of that is emotional responsibility, radical emotional responsibility and personal accountability, like really being accountable and, and knowing that like, wow, this is an opportunity for me to learn, for me to grow. Like if I didn't have daddy issues, I probably wouldn't have grown to the degree that I have today. Cause I'm like, oh wow, I now get to dig in and look and figure out what's going on here. And so that's where like the growth truly can happen when, when we go, all right, this is like, 
I, I get to heal this. I get to do this. Let's take a breath. Can, um, can you, <laughs> you're fun. Can you expand on the, uh, the truth? What did you say? Truth, transformation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Train, truck. Train, track. Because it, it, it sounds like, um, for me, I think that's widely applicable to any kind of problem or issue. Like I relate to that as a coach when you, you hear somebody talking about their relationship and they think, you know, I've tried everything. I've tried to be grateful and I've tried to list all the things I love about them. It's like, well, yeah, but there's still something deeper that really despises or resents or is angry at that person that you haven't addressed at all. You're, to use your phrase, like the band-aid on the bullet wound. It's like, we have to accept that there's a bullet wound. We have to maybe look in there and be like, is the bullet still in there? Do we need to take that thing out? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just, I thought maybe there's some more that, I'm sure you have some ideas around this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, truth is the first step. So the three T's. Yeah. Truth, traction, transformation got it so truth being real with what is even if it's messy even if it's messy so there's some truths about the way i view myself the way i view my business the way i view the world that i that i know are not in alignment with with my with with who i am with my truth so i need to look at those and go okay Here's what I believe to be true. Here's the belief that's creating suffering. How can I accept this and create a new narrative, mm. right? And then the second phase is once we have that truth, once, once we're real, we're honest, we're raw, we're vulnerable, then, there's, then, then we sort of meet the edges of what's possible. So, so it's, like, it's like a coming together. And once those two phases come together, then we can truly transform because it's like they're rubbing against each other. And then we get to move through it. Mm. And so without that truth, there is no traction. There is no sustainable transformation. Can we transform on a dime? Can we go to a, um, like an event, a seminar you and I have been at similar mm -hmm. seminar together, right? Can we go to those things and be like, yeah. rah, 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 yes, yes, yes. Life, life, life. Yeah. Go, go, go. Yes. But we're still only working on the cognitive level. Mm -hmm. Right? So we, we, once, once the rah, rah goes away, we get back to what the body believes is, is true. And so when I talk about transformation in my work, I don't talk, it's not mindset work. It's sustainable transformation at the deepest level. And in order to have that and constantly build and optimize that, we got to start with the truth so that we can have some traction for change. Hmm. Do you believe that growth requires discomfort? No, not always. I think sometimes, but I got into a frame a couple of years ago where I'm like, if it's not painful, I'm not growing, <laughs> you know? And so like I would, if, if something was easy, I wouldn't recognize it as growth. I would dismiss it. I believe that growth can be all shades of whatever, you know, like, like there's times where I grow and it is amazing and it is joyful and it feels expansive. And then there's other times when I grow and I, and I, I just want to curl up in a ball and cry my eyes out and it hurts so much. And then there's everything in between. So there's times in my relationship where like him and I have, him and I are, are 
sole curriculum of being together is like, we're going to freaking grow and we're going to do this. And there's times where we grow together in the container of our relationship. And it is so fun. And we're like, oh my God, I just learned something new about myself. This is so good. And then there's times where it's like so painful and we both want to run away, you know? And that's my pattern. Like that's one of my, um, like my survival patterns is, is the leaving pattern. So if there's tension, my easiest thing is like, I'm out, I'm, I'm out of here. And so my edge, my growth edge with him, especially has been staying, staying in it and leaning in. So does it always have to be painful? Absolutely not. And I think when we get into that, we, we chase painful, we chase painful opportunities in the name of growing. And it just doesn't, in, in my experience, it's just not my path. Mm. Yeah, I relate to that a lot. A couple years ago, I, um, I realized that rest for me was an edge, like that I was really good at discipline and I was really good at getting my shit done. I was really good at making lists and being productive and efficient, uh, but I was really not good at uh, like sleeping in or uh, not checking my email uh, all the time or filling up my time in my life with lessons with books and podcasts and videos and audios and like the just always hustling to improve um i hadn't really quite embodied that idea of integration uh as a concept i'd never even heard that word uh, and now i'm like oh sleep yeah sleep's vital i'm sleeping in every day like how are you now with that how does that feel now um better than it used to although it's still a it's still a project under process, let's yeah. call it. Um, even just this last weekend, I, I had to be really intentional and I had to ask support from my partner to not uh, work on a Sunday. I was like, no, I'm taking Sunday off from everything because right now, um, you can probably relate to this. I'm in the middle of creating a new online course and I'm writing this big document and I'm brainstorming and it's exciting and it's fun and it's really challenging and it frustrates me and I'm, I'm like in it uh and i love that that creative kind of battle so to speak or that creative um, uncovering um but i also know that i am apt to burn out quite easily if i don't really devote time to stepping away and so like i went for a walk in the forest and of course what happens i get like 10 great ideas because i'm in the forest and i just put a voice note in my phone. I'm like, oh, that's the thing I've been really grinding to try to figure out. And I'm staring at a tree and my brain just gets it. So yeah. What's, uh, what about you? What's something that you're kind of, what's your edge at the moment? What's something you're working on? Oh, that's, that's one of them for sure. For uh. sure. <laughs> the other day, I, I just realized like doing absolutely nothing <laughs> feels so good and I never give myself the grace to do it. Yeah. The other day I was sitting on the couch and Eric was in the kitchen and I just sat on the couch and I just stared at him <laughs> as he was as he was doing things and I was watching all of his movements and his facial expressions and just being so present doing nothing. Yeah. And he caught me and he's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm staring at you and doing nothing." He's like, "It's really creepy." <laughs> but it like I, I am in the process of rewiring my nervous system to feel comfortable with the vibration of rest and not chaos. Cause I'm really good in chaos. Like give me some chaos and I'll like fucking handle it. But it's, it's, it's so draining and I, I feel the, um, yeah, it's like, I feel cl uh, like claustrophobic 
because I'm doing all of the things. And then I'm like, oh, I have no time and space, but, but I'm creating it, you know, like there's 18 hours in like of waking hours, right. In your, in your day. Well, if I'm doing my job correctly, I should only be working seven or eight of those hours, meaning I have 10, 11 hours of, of what, like, what am I doing during those 10 and 11 hours? And how many of those hours am I allowing myself, permissioning myself to just chill and rest and do nothing? Not many, if any. Mm. So, yeah, or, or go for a walk or yeah. take up a new hobby or read a book. Or, totally, totally. Yeah. I wrote a list this back. morning of, of all the things that I've been saying I want to do for a while now that I haven't gotten to because mm. I've been, quote unquote, too busy. Mm. So my edge right now is just prioritizing and resting and knowing that so, so when I, I've been, so Hungry for Happiness has been going for 10 years now. And when I first started it, there was a level of grind that I'm just not prepared to do anymore. Like there were moments where I, or years, moments, years where I would be working 16 hours a day, 17 hours a day, nonstop, seven days a week to get it off the ground. I don't need to do that anymore. I've got 30 employees now. I've got a whole team. We've got a whole situation, but my wiring still tells me, oh no, you should probably keep doing that or else your company is going to fail, which is just so untrue. So it's definitely a process in rewiring my nervous system, feeling safe in rest because I just don't feel safe in, in rest right now. So mm -hmm. it's an interesting process. So that's definitely one of them. Why, um, do you, why do you feel more safe or stable in chaos? It's my high achiever. It's like... If I'm grinding, if I'm going, if I'm pushing, then I will be safe because everything will work. My business will work. I, I, I received a lot of, um, so I was an actress and a dancer, as I mentioned, when I was younger. And so I was praised and I was given recognition and validation and love for the things that I did, not who I was. And so my mm -hmm. system registers accomplishment as like connection and acceptance. And so that's a whole other piece that I'm working on of like, people don't love me for my businesses. People love me for who I am in, but my, there's a, there's a part of my inner child that still doesn't believe that. And so the drive and the hustle and the chaos comes from that piece, which is just my distorted piece in my system that I'm working on every single day to like rewire and shift that and bring that part of me more safety, more love, more nourishment. So it doesn't drive into disordered behavior of overperforming and overworking and doing too much. Mm. Mm. And like, what's your process to heal that or to transform yourself? It's locating that the part in my body of like, okay, I can feel this part. So it, what it feels like is it feels like a hand is pushing my back nonstop, just constantly go, 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 go. And I feel like if I relax, I'll just like face plant, you know, like that's, that's sort of like the feeling of just like this constant go. There's no, there's no cycling. There's no variation. It's just a constant go. And so the, the process of healing it is number one, just recognizing, okay, this is here and it's attached to a part of me that is trying to get my needs met. Okay. Well, what part is that? Oh, that's my 11 year old part that had to do 50 pirouettes to get love and book the role and do all these things. Okay. Well, what does that part of me actually need? 
she needs validation, love, and nourishment. Okay, well, she's not going to get that through building three seven-figure businesses. That's not going to, that's not ever going to work. It hasn't worked for 10 years. It's not going to work in the future. So what does she really need? Okay, well, she needs the love of me. She needs my presence. She needs my, she, she wants to create like sacred environments of just like speaking to her, getting in dialogue with her, asking, what do you really need right now? How can I love you more? How can I support you? Do you need to cry? Do you need a breathwork session? Do you need to dance? Do you need to punch pillows? What is it that you really need? And literally speaking to my body and understanding what I need so I can fulfill those needs so I don't externalize them. And do you have a ritual, like a morning ritual or an evening ritual, or do you just do this periodically throughout the day when you're feeling angsty or smashy? Mm -hmm. <laughs> smashy. I like that. Feeling yeah. smashy scaly. That's um, my, so uh, my girlfriend's word. She always, her last name's a Dachi. And so like I, I kid her, I'm like, oh, you're smashy Dachi right now. It's like her alter ego when she's feeling that way. But she's really good about that. It's just like, I just, I need to go work out. And I'm, she booked herself like a boxing class, for example, um, to like move the energy. And so I'm just curious for your process, like day to day, what is that? Yeah. So I, I have a morning and evening routine that's just non-negotiable no matter where I am or what I'm doing. I just always, always, always do that. Um, and then I just sort of track my energy throughout the day. And when I'm feeling <laughs> smashy or I'm feeling uh, irritated or aggravated or whatever it is, I just ask myself, what is it that I really need right now? Maybe it's a workout. Maybe it's to scream. Maybe it's to dance. Maybe it's to do 20 minutes of breath work. Maybe it's to journal. Maybe it's, again, just to do nothing. Mm. And so just understanding like the cues of my body. Our bodies are so intelligent. And so when we tune in and I, we just ask, like, what is it that you need right now? The answer comes. Yeah, I even go back to just the simplest form of, like, am I hungry? Like, do I got to poop? Am I tired? Like, am I thirsty? It's so often I'm thirsty. Like I'm just really dehydrated. I have a yeah. headache and I'm feel like I'm lethargic. Um, okay, so maybe this is a good time to move into the uh, the breathwork side of phase two of the podcast, if you will. Did mm. did we miss anything big of the uh, what did I have written down? Body stuff fighting it. Did we cover most of that? Oh yeah, I mean, gosh. You could probably talk for a week about this. I, I literally could talk for so <laughs> long about this. I li my whole journey I've documented in my new book, of it, which is part of my story of going through my diet depression and then a, like a tool, like an integrative tool to move through each phase. I've sort of like broken down like the 16 things that people really struggle with. Um, so if it's not in this podcast, it'll be over there. Yeah. What's the book called? <laughs> Hungry for Happiness. Oh, that's aligned, isn't it? Sure is. Sure is. <laughs> nice. Congrats on the book. When does it come out? Thank you. September 29th. September oh, 29th. So that's pretty soon. So probably actually right when this podcast comes out. Somewhere around there. Oh, that's actually perfect. We timed that, that perfectly. Yes. We really did. <laughs> so yeah, that's my... So I actually wrote... I, I wrote this book... Um, like four years ago, a version of it, a very simple, like I wrote it in three months, put it up on Amazon and that's it. Mm -hmm. And then I've always, I've had on my vision boards since I was like, gosh, I don't know, 14 that I wanted to be a Hay House author. 
And I'm like, this book is going to be a Hay House book one day. And oh, so it shit. is now, which is kind of cool. So um, yeah, so I'm super pumped. So when, when you get the book, you also get my meditation series as well. So embodiment. So the one thing I'll say before I move on to breath work is emotional eating is such an emotional issue as the name suggests. And so it is truly about inhibiting your body, understanding, understanding emotionality, understanding like parts work. Like I talked about in this podcast and really figuring out what am I actually hungry for? Cause it's just, it's never about the food. It's never about the food. I think it, it's perhaps that mm. simple as emotional eating. And we're trying to fix that by focusing on only the eating part. Just like eating certain foods, limiting certain calories, whatever, dieting. And it, and it completely avoids the other half of that equation, which is causing it, the emotional part, right? Is that a good lead-in into yeah, breath work and how breath work can transform your life through the expression of repressed emotions internally and let your soul out to play? <laughs> let your soul out to play. That's literally what I feel breath work does. Yeah. It lets your soul play. Maybe for, for people who have no idea actually what breathwork is, do you mind giving like a, a quick description generically so that they have a bit of context as we move forward? Totally. It's, it's like, it's not just about like sitting on a cushion and breathing. That's meditation, let's call it. Mm-hmm. How, how do you define or describe breathwork? So think of breathwork as industrial grade meditation. So it's a, <laughs> rather than passive transformation, it's active and dynamic transformation. So we're utilizing the power of the breath to release the mind and get into the body. So if you're someone listening and you've said to yourself, I can't meditate, then breath work is for you. And I said that for so long because I, it was pain, painful for me to meditate. I'd sit there and I'm like, oh gosh, here we go again. And then I just, when you're meditating, you're, you're essentially thinking about not thinking, which just makes you think even more. What happens in breath work is, is the breath actually works to unhook and release the mind so that we can land in a deeper place of embodiment and just be there. And so there's many forms of breath work we have. So under the pause technique, we have breath work for relaxation and then we have breath work for transformation. So breath work for relaxation is keeping you in a conscious state so you can do it while you're working, while you're doing the dishes, while you're at your computer, whatever. And we're not going into an altered state of consciousness. We're just using the breath to downregulate the nervous system, take us from that parasympathetic or take us from that sympathetic anxiety, fear-based state into parasympathetic rest and digest and that restful, peaceful state. So that's in, and then we have meditative breath work. Meditative breath work takes us into an altered state of consciousness. It, we do it for longer and time collapses. We really get into our body, the body and the breath do the work for us, releasing a lot of stuck emotionality and tension and stress from our system. So those are like the two types of breath work. We can do some on the podcast if you want to. Like on this podcast? Yeah, we can do like, should we do like 60 seconds of like a pattern? So so they can understand what it's like? 
and they can yeah. follow along. If, if you're driving a car right now, don't, perhaps don't do the breath work. Yeah, exactly. That's fair, right? Because 100%. Or if you're in water, don't do it. If you're like in a right. hot tub as you're listening to this, I don't know why you would be, but maybe. Yeah. So, because you can like, it's legit. When you talk about an altered state of consciousness, stuff happens. Like, Oh, completely. I've seen past lives. I've seen visions that flash before my eyes. I have been in uh, three hours has felt like 15 minutes in many instances. Mm. So I studied uh, under holotropic breathwork, which is probably one of the most uh, well-known brands. We've got Wim Hof and we've got holotropic. Um, holotropic is just super intense. It's like three hours of really intense breathing. And I've had that was actually the first breath class that I ever did was a holotropic style of class. And it's so intense. So I'd never recommend that as like your first go. Um, I always say we want to slowly open up the window of tolerance. So I'll teach you guys something today that's literally, we'll do it for 60 seconds and then we'll take a deep breath and hold at the top. And even if you do that for like a minute every single day, you'll slowly open up your window of tolerance. You're, you'll slowly understand what it feels like to feel more energy in your body. And then it's just, it's just fascinating. So, so like signing up for a three hour breathwork class is like just going straight into a marathon without jogging around the block. That's it. That's it. Right. And I think for people who have done a ton of personal work and really feel confident to handle a lot of emotion and a lot of sensation, I think, I think give it a shot maybe, but mm, I even hesitate even saying that I, I always just err on the side of like, go slow. I, I've had people who've done, tried breathwork for the first time, done it for three hours and they'll message me. They're like, I'm never doing that again. And that's what I never want people to, to do is for the, the energy to shock their system so much where they don't do it again. So that's why I really want people to go on this like slower path and slower journey of just, yeah, being really really peaceful and easy with it. And then, con and then progressing. Like I do, I do hour long sessions multiple times a week now, but I've built up the tolerance 10 years later to be able to do that. Um, so mm -hmm. we can absolutely do that. But, um, even five, so part of my morning routine and, and evening routine, as you alluded to is doing five minutes of what I'm going to teach you every morning and every evening. And that has been a freaking game changer. I, when I sleep, I dream a lot and my mind's really busy. I actually recently got diagnosed with ADHD, which is no shock to anyone who knows me, but like I've self-diagnosed myself for a long time. And then I'm like, I'm going to like go get a brain scan and turns out, yeah, that's accurate. I really do have that. But I love having ADHD because I have diffuse awareness and I can focus on many things at the same time. But anyway, when I dream, my brain is constantly dreaming and scheming and thinking of all sorts of things. So when I wake up in the morning, there's times where I'll wake up and I'll already feel a little bit of anxiety or overwhelm, not because of what is about to come in my day, but what I've processed in my dreams. So breath work in the morning helps me just really clear and get down to a really clear state. And then again, in the evening, I'll do breath work for five minutes every single evening and just clear my day. So if I had, um, a stressful day, um, this week's been really beautiful, 
last week was really, really intense. So at the, so it just helps me like whew, clear the slate and then I go to bed and I feel super restful. I'm not bringing forth any anxiety from my day into my dreams. And yeah, it's just, it's just a really great thing to do in the morning and evening. So if, if somebody listening, so you're going to teach us uh, one minute of this yeah. practice. Yeah. If somebody listening says, okay, I'm ready to commit to five minutes in the morning and five minutes in the evening. Like for how many days would they need to do this before they notice a significant difference? Like, like so, two, three, 17? So immediately. And that's my favorite thing about breathwork. <laughs> like, like one, one like, five minute session. Seriously. And I, I, it truly is like, Wow. So, so there's, there's, there's spiritual benefits and then there's, um, there's physical benefits, right? So the spiritual benefits are increased creativity, lowers the stress, lowers the, the, just the chaos in the mind, mm. deeper connection to our intuition, deeper connection to spirits, to source. And then there's physical benefits. The physical benefits take a little bit longer to really understand. So like de- decrease in inflammation and boosting immun- immunity and all of that kind of stuff. But the spiritual and emotional benefits, you can notice as soon as you do it. I mean, there's going to be people who feel a shift after one minute of us doing it. And it's weird because it's literally just breath. I know. Getting high off your own supply. Like I remember the first time I did it was uh, my friend Amber Hawkins. Do you know her? You know I, her I know that her? name. Amber so we, we ran a retreat together in Australia. Um, I think it was last year. And she led a breathwork session. And she's like, do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah. I'd, I'd never done one before. And so I do it and I get taken off to the fucking moon. And like my experience was, I think a little bit different than the others in that I was like a giddy, happy, like she, she's like, I was smiling the whole time apparently. And I woke up and like my hands were paralyzed and like it locked down, couldn't move my hands. And I, sh- and I remember I shot straight up from laying down and I stared at her and I was like, I mouthed it to her because everybody else was still like in a haze. And I was like, what the fuck was that? And, and like you, when you described your experience, I, I jumped online. I read about it. I was like, I'm going to be a breathwork facilitator. This stuff is magical. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So why don't I take it over to you and you can lead us into one minute. Okay. Cool. Learning thing. Do you remember the breath pattern that you did when you did that session? Well, I remember talking to her after and she, cause I had done it again at a different retreat in Costa Rica um, with my friend Leela Dilla led it. And, um, and Amber said like, did she do two in one out or one in one out was her question. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Amber did two. Like, yeah. Or whatever. The, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. how you make yeah. the noises, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, let's, let's so, so we're going to do one called the tri active breath. Okay. So again, to echo it, to echo that, don't do this while you're driving because you can you can get dizzy doing it. Mm. Um, or if so you're in water. You're free on water. Yeah. Or safe or, space. Or if you're like holding a baby, I don't know. Yeah, or a cactus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you want to breathe in through the belly, up into the chest, and out through the mouth. So we're not breathing at all through the nose. It's only we're circulating and we're waving the breath only through the mouth. So it sounds like this. You get a little bit closer to the mic though. Yeah. 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 Then what we're going to do after a minute, we're going to take a deep breath in through the nose. We're going to hold it at the top 
and we're going to hold for as long as we can. You'll notice as soon as you hold your breath, you might feel a little bit dizzy, like, whoa, just be with that dizziness until, and then it'll dissipate. We call that the curve of chaos. So you hold the breath and then you can feel a little bit like, whoo, and then it dissipates and it feels amazing. So just hold on tight. And like, you're safe. You'll be okay. Uh, don't freak out. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. It's, it's just, your, it's just your breath. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The, the, there's times where people are like, I feel the things and I'm like, it's because you're human and you're alive <laughs> and the breath just works. So every single, every single emotion is connected to a breath pattern. So the breath pattern of anxiety is very shallow up in the chest. And so when we open up the ability and the capacity to breathe deeper, we're going to feel different things. And many of those things that we feel are incredible and some, some of them are, are sad. So really increasing our capacity to feel is essentially what we're doing. Okay. Okay. Are we ready? Uh, yeah. <laughs> are, are we really going to do a minute of it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Go. Let me just put my cactus down. (laughs) (laughs) Freaking amazing! Yeah. All right, everyone, just closing your eyes, taking a deep breath in through the nose to start, and releasing, and one more time in through the nose. And when you're ready, let's start the breath pattern together. Keeping that breath moving, keeping it circulating. ready let's take a deep breath in through the nose holding at the top holding the breath at the top and just notice the vibration in the body notice the stillness beautiful notice the clarity in the mind the openness in the body. And when you're ready, release the breath. And coming back into the present moment, just staying in the body, feeling your heart, clarity. Maybe your mind is clear, your heart is open, your body is feeling grounded. Just notice all the shifts. When you're ready, opening up your eyes, coming back into the space.
<laughs> How do you feel? I feel like all tingly in my chest and lightheaded, mm-hmm. but happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's wild that you can transform your inner landscape in like a minute. So insane. It's the so weirdest. Mm-hmm. Do you have people every time that you, because you do proper trainings and long sessions, and I know you speak on stages. Do you have people every single time come up and just look at you like you're a witch and tell you that they've gone to alien landscapes oh, yeah. and stuff? Is it oh, like? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It happens constantly. Last year was, um, so last year I spoke at a real estate conference. They, they were like, can you come in and teach breathwork at a real estate conference? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, how many people in, uh, what's like the demographic? And they're like, 3,000, mostly men. And I was like, all right, I got this. And so, um, yeah, I was up in LA and I taught breath. That's actually, yeah, I taught breath and I'm, I'm stalling a little bit because it was a really special day because I, I spoke right before Kobe. And so I got to have that connection with him before he passed, which was like really special. So he was there and there, the whole place was packed and I taught breath work and I shit you not, the whole room had tears. Like it was unreal. The guys were coming up to me being like, I have not cried in 30 years or I've just forgave my dad in this session. And it was freaking incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the power of it. And I think this is why I'm so inspired to um, teach more men, like uh, train more men in my facilitator training to go out and, and train other men. Because the thing with breathwork is there's an act of doing this that allows you to, to really get into the beingness. And for, for a lot of men, they struggle, they struggle with that embodiment. You know, when Eric and I first started dating, I'm like, how do you feel? He's like, I don't know. I feel with my hands, you know, like there was like this, he's, he's come a long way since then, but you know, there is like this block of like, oh man, I, I, gotta, I don't know how I feel, you know? And so um, it's really beautiful for men to understand that they're, they have such an emotional capacity that is going to allow them to be even like even more powerful. Um, so Yeah. So cool. Yeah, or the way I've heard it described, like women will say, I feel, and men will say, I think. Mm-hmm. So if you ask a dude, like, how are you feeling? They'll say, I think I'm good, right? They immediately go up, up yeah, to yeah, the yeah. head, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, so I'll have to be like, hey, Eric, what do you think we should have for dinner? And he'll be like, babe, what do you feel like for dinner? <laughs> that in itself will fix your relationship. Not, yeah. not entirely, but like, that's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. Just because you start to recognize people are so different. Anyway, that's a separate tangent for a separate mm-hmm. podcast. What, uh, like, what's the most common response you get from, from people that you teach or that have, have had this experience where they're impacted by breathwork? Mm-hmm. What are the common... Uh, common uh outcomes is that right yeah i mean gosh oh man i've heard everything a lot of a lot of it is i've spent you know 10 20 years in therapy and i've never been able to get to the level of depth that we've gotten to in this in this one class Mm. um or you know i've completely transformed my marriage or my relationship with kids because i can finally feel self-love that's a big one as well i can finally feel self-love i can finally feel my intuition and that, the intuition piece was a big one for me when i was going through my eating disorder people would say well like what does your intuition say i'm like mm, i don't know i think it's broken like i don't know if i have one and so the breath has allowed me to really discern the difference between fear and intuition and really have like visceral intelligence meaning just understanding my sensations and understanding Mm. what means what and how i can honor my body with more grace and ease so it's yeah it's been a really cool journey 
the way I look at that is, uh, and I, I, I'm sharing because I want, I'm curious about your perspective is, mm. is like we have these intuitions or these feelings right, or emotions inside of us. It's, it's like mm. a, a pearl in an oyster, so to speak. And then mm. on top of that is layers and decades of judgment and shame and emotional mm. suppression and all of it. And so it's there, but it's like, it's virtually invisible because it's buried, right? And it sounds like breath work helps to kind of go in and peel back the layers, so to speak, and like release or surrender. Um, is that, does that make sense? Totally, yeah. How, how do you see it as being, like how does it work? Uh, it gives us glimpses of the essence of who we really are because most of our days were spent living from our parts that I talked about, living from our judgments, living from beliefs that are ours or our parents or living from our emotions that actually is not the essence of who we are. Mm. So breath gives us that like direct path of this is who you are. Um, and it's just, it's opening and it feels, it feels, it's just like, oh, there it is. Like that's who I truly am. Mm. And like an old, we, go yeah. ahead. No, no, this is you. <laughs> um, when, when we give people that glimpse and that direct access to who they are, you can't, um, there, there's no questioning if it's real. You know, I think with a lot of personal development, when people are just doing like the mindset thing and they're like hoping for the best, like hoping maybe they'll transform one day or maybe that they'll feel worth one day there is no maybe guessing in this work. It's, it's like very clear and we give people such a tangible shift viscerally very quickly. Um, so it's been, it, it's so supportive in helping us navigate the mind. So the mind redirects because the mind can be our, the biggest, you know, cock blocker of happiness as I like to say. Beautiful. I know it's so so poetic, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's what I was going to say when I was about to interrupt you a minute ago. Was that it, it, it's almost as if it hijacks the mind; it goes straight into the heart. That's it, 100%. And then like, and if you hijack your head, uh, it you also take with it the mask that you wear. Yeah, 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 yeah. The way yeah. that you want to be seen. It's like no, none of that matters because I'm just going straight in. Hundred percent. And that can be confronting, right? Which is why I think a lot of people are having revelations or transformative experiences. It's like, oh my God, they might not even know that they're wearing a mask for their whole life. And then they do some breath and it's like, I just just found God. Mm, So cool. It's just so cool. What have we missed? I'm I'm conscious of time. We've talked for about an hour now. I know you've got some vacation to savor. Vacation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man, I think for people listening who are are like, what are these two kids talking about? My biggest thing is just try it. Like really get into the experience of what it is. And you are your own healer. You are your own drug. You have the ability to truly shift yourself. And I really want to just disintegrate this dependency model of, of us thinking that what we need is, is in something outside of ourselves that's unattainable or we have to work hard to get to. Mm. You know, like when you asked me that question of like, does growth always have to be challenging? When I, when I think of breathwork, I'm like, God, no. Like I've grown so much and had so many aha moments and like, 
oh, that clicks now just through like a very joyful, blissful experience of breath work. Mm. So for those people who are interested in wanting to, to, uh, to check it out, just, just go do a class or go do a, we've got a free audio that you can do and just put yourself in that immersive space and just breathe it out. You know, I did your, uh, your free audio when I was in quarantine, like a week ago. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to do some breath work. I'm interviewing Sam. I may as well, uh, sample, 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 the sample Sam. Yeah. I was, I was like in my brain, I was try, I was like, bro, you're already down this path. This is going to come out very awkwardly. How do you save this? And I was like, I don't know. I can't. It's too far. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I actually, what I was going to say was like a taste of Sam. And I was like, Oh, I, I hijacked that. Uh, to try. <laughs> Here we are. So good. But, um, but if you're listening, I would, I would invite you to commit to doing five days, morning and evening. So that's 10. I'm just pulling this out of my armpit. I love it. But, I love it. I love yeah. It. Do five minutes in the morning, five minutes in the evening as you're winding down before bed and commit to five days. So it's like five, 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 ten, ten breathwork sessions and just try it. You have nothing to lose. It's 50 minutes. Like it's 50 yeah. minutes of your life. Yeah. It'll change the game. I can yeah. promise that. Sam Skelly, you're a uh, you're a fucking big shiny gem of a human. Thanks uh, for um, thanks for all you do and all you are. I appreciate yeah. you um, coming on the podcast. It's been a while since we've connected, so this has been. I know. Real, real fun I know. Do you remember when we had that nice dinner at campfire? Like yeah, years ago? I was actually thinking about that. Yeah, that was a great dinner. That was a yeah. great dinner. <laughs> yeah, that was a great dinner actually. <laughs> um, is there anything? we haven't mentioned so i'll include links to your like your instagram your your website and like the free audio um, yeah nice i think that's it though just start if people want to if people want to get the book it's hungryforhappiness.com slash book so you can get there and um yeah if this podcast goes out during the launch then you can get access to the 21 day meditation all free oh okay yeah. and your book's at the 29th you said 29th it's coming oh. up How's that feel? Um, it's like there's so much uncertainty. Like I've never done a traditional book launch before. I did a self-published book launch. Um, so I, I, I just don't know. Like sometimes like I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> so it could like pop off and go crazy. It could like, you know, have a chill launch and then it gets traction down the road. I just have no idea. So I'm sort of just like sitting in this space of an anticipation, but I, I I'm just so happy that it's out in the world. Cause I, I, I just want it to be like the go-to book for anyone who struggle struggles with food issues or body issues. Cause I know it'll just change the game. And mm. I just put in every single lesson that truly helped. So people don't waste time fumbling around. Cause I just, yeah. We just don't need to be struggling with food and body anymore. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, I, I feel like I feel a little anxious. I feel excited. I feel relieved that it's done. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was a, definitely a project, but, um, yeah, I just grateful. Have you, you've got the advanced copies, right? Like have you I held do, it? Yeah. 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 How does it feel like when you open the box and you're like holding it? Yeah. It's weird. It's so, it's weird. so weird. It's so weird. Like, and it has my face on the front. And I'm like, whoa, that's my yeah. face. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I used to look like. like yeah. you know? So insane. So it. yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's definitely, 
it's definitely a, a trip for sure. Writing yeah. a book, it's just a whole situation, but yeah, good for you. Well done. Thanks, love. Thank All you. right, Sam. Thanks again. And, uh, talk to you soon. Sounds good. See you later. Bye. Eating and breathing, it'll change your life. And I do hope you take up my offer or my dare or my challenge or my invitation to try this. 10 sessions, morning and evening for five days. Why not see what happens? Uh, I've included links to all of Sam's goodies in the show notes, uh, including her book, her podcast, the free audio samples of the breathwork. And uh, I think that's it. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for five-star reviews. I know that I ask you like pretty often, but it is it is meaningful and it does help me to attract new guests and to spread the impact. So thank you for that. Thanks for being awesome. Thanks for listening to my voice and supporting my work. I adore you. If you want to follow me, I'm on Instagram at Long Distance Love Bombs. I have a monthly membership program. I've got a book. <sighs> All kinds of good stuff. Go and live a good rest of your life and start today because you can initiate radical transformations every single day. Go and breathe. I adore you.